as a timely response to chaos. Wednesdays with Wolf is a contemplative podcast for wisdom, featuring thought-provoking conversations between Reverend Gola Wolf Richards and Marie Sola. Hello and happy Wednesday for another fabulous Wednesday with Wolf. Or actually, it is a Wednesday with Wolf, but this is Wednesdays with Wolf because we are lucky to have him for more than one Wednesday in our life. Bless your heart, Marie. Hello, everyone. Good to be with you. How are you, Wolf, on this fine evening? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? You know, I well, as you saw with me trying to uh, get my microphone connected and get my act <laughs> together today, I'm a little frazzled, but it's all good. <laughs> I was telling Wolf I should go downstairs and get some wine, but then I don't know what the listening experience would be like for those of you listening. So I'm not going to drink coffee because that would even be worse than the wine. I'm just going to get my proverbial poop together and, <laughs> and have a contemplative conversation. Sounds good. Yeah. We're in a very different world now in terms of celebrity, uh, internet celebrities, Everybody is famous. Everybody's online. Everybody's talking about or wanting to be famous and influence. And um, that could be a really good thing mm -hmm. if people are judicious with their voice. Because once you have a platform, um, it's my opinion that you have a responsibility that goes along with that. Yes. And sometimes that goes along very well and sometimes uh, not so much. So rather than getting into specifics, uh, you know, this isn't about me judging any one person or the specifics of um, anything that has or hasn't happened around influencers and celebrities. But what I'd like to know, Wolf, is from a contemplative standpoint, what is the need for us to go beyond ourselves and claim belief in celebrity or being a hero um, versus finding this inside of ourselves? Does that make sense? Let's move along with that. And yes, it does make sense. Um, the backdrop we have to keep in mind is that we come from and will always exhibit some of the tendencies tendencies of the uh, origins of our existence at all, the universe. And it is interactive, constantly interactive. So if we take that word interaction, the term interaction, and then think of influence, life exists, we are constantly, right, in the presence of some influences going on all the time. So they are going to tend toward uh, being ordered influences, disordered influences. And if we keep going back and forth in terms of categorizing how this interface of differences takes place, they're going to be maturing influences, immature influences, conscious influences, unconscious influences. So that would go on forever. So in terms of um, being human beings, we are rather helpless to influence, right? Because there are influences that are going on all the time. We are born as social animals into social circumstances. 
And consequently, we're always going to want to influence the environment where we, um, where we exist. How much we influence uh, is less, to my mind, the issue than the quality of the influence. So if I have a poor quality influence um, nearby or among many people, uh, that would not be a positive for our evolution towards civilizing. But it's also true that if I am stuck developmentally at an early stage of um, uh, human development so that I have impulsivity, childlike needs, right? My needs for attention, right? Which are natural for a child to have, right? I haven't outgrown the infantile or adolescent level of needing attention. Then I can uh, cause disorder, right? To aggregate and I can have a culture that tends more to be moving backwards, if you would, right? Rather than maturing. So examining our qualities in influence is so, so very important. Um, once I wrote an article and it was making a criticism of uh, the uh, standards whereby people make news simply by making noise. Make news by making noise, right? And um, speaking without having any kind of um, orientation for the betterment of life, right? Not understanding how silence is golden, how it's important to withhold, right? speech, right? Um, That that's a maturing influence in and of itself, right? That not only do we influence life by means of what we say, we influence life by means of the um, stature that's involved in our character. Wolf, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that it's about quality, right? The quality of the influence Mm -hmm. versus the amount of the influence. So let's just say quality over quantity. Yes. Um, and you know, you and I have talked about this just for me doing podcasts and some of the stuff that, that I've been doing in this latter part of my life, um, which was a little (laughs) hard for me to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm shy or anything, but you know, I didn't want to be just, you know, this person like, Hey, check me out. Look what I had Mm -hmm, for dinner, mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think a big part of that for me was, that I feel there's a great responsibility with that. Certainly. If you are going to speak uh, to groups or, you know, to something that could be out there in the wider world, I feel that that you need to think about how you're saying it, why you're doing it. First of all, your why, you know, um, if it's about getting attention or filling something within yourself, then Maybe you should rethink that, but also words matter. Like what you say matters, how you say things matter. And I think we have to be very careful. And I think that that there's, as you said, there's, um, it's knowing when to talk, it's knowing when to shut up, and it's knowing when to listen. And that's not always easy <laughs> to mm-hmm. do, right? And people screw up. I'm sure I will. I I probably have. I should probably be shutting up and listening right now. Um, but not in the least. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It there's there's just such a um there's so much noise out there right now. And there's there's so many people with so many followers and so many listeners and so many eyeballs to them that that I just want them to be careful. I want them to be judicious. Yes. And, and uh, if we assume, 
that um, we can be careful, right? That it's within the human potential to become very careful, where we can become mature. If we make that assumption, we also have to think about the things that uh, would limit that um, becoming true, right? The tendency for human beings to actualize being genuinely mature. What gets in the way of that? Well, to start off, even as I say genuinely mature, that's not necessarily defined. So if we aren't studying, right, what would it mean to be mature? What would it mean to be genuinely mature? One of the problems then that's indicated is education, that we are creatures that if we're not being reflective about what we do, what it means to be a human being, we're already on the wrong road. So the primary influence in terms of keeping us from being dangerous to ourselves, right, is to educate ourselves about our potentials. We can get stuck, right? Now, in terms of our potentials, one of those potentials is to get stuck. So that if I'm at a level where I crave attention from people simply because I'm adolescent, simply because I'm infantile, right? I will make quite a hoopla, all right, in order to get an attention and consider myself to be successful because I've made news by making noise. I've gotten people to pay attention to me. Of course, we want that to be alternative to the way in which we can understand the influence of being composed. One of the reasons um, when you look at some of the historic images of, um, in, or rather mythic images uh, and by myth, I don't mean lie to those people who are listen, listening here right? Uh, at all. These are powerful patterns in human development right? that are in all of our personalities. So some of these mythic images about heroic personality development have an emphasis on composure. Composed, meditative, composed, restricted in terms of how much talk is being made. It's not seeking attention, but only acting when it's necessary to talk, right? And depending uh, on how well-developed that person is, the understanding that goes with it is that by means of their composure, there is the best influencing, right, the civilization all around us, that the composed personality is magnificent, right, for elevating human development in a healthful manner. We have now, unfortunately... Looking at our history, we have some very savage tendencies. We have wars. We wage wars on one another. We assassinate each other's characters. We have fun, right, in deriding one another, so to speak. When you look at history, then it's so filled with tendencies that we have to have some compassion about. And that is to say, we must not have been educating ourselves well enough. We must be persisting at not educating ourselves well enough. And thereby we are stuck at a level of um, less than mature human development. And it is um, unbelievably dangerous. Yeah, it, it's disturbing. And it's, um, and it's, also, it's also sad to watch sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, Very sad. We talk about compassion and empathy. And I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, Wolf, we're going to have to start a new show called Wolf Island. It can be a right reality show. <laughs> we'll give people wolf paws instead of roses. No. 
Oh, well, there'll be there'll be fake wolf paws. We wouldn't hurt any wolves in the making of the show. Thank you, uh, thank but, you. But but I, you know, I I laugh, but it, it's not funny because I've I've just seen disturbing fallout and and not you know, it, it's sad. I guess I'll just leave it at that. And it it's also that part of us. Okay, so there's the part there's the part of us that perhaps um, makes us want to have attention, get attention, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also that part of us that that seeks to identify and listen to these influencers and sometime and somehow bond with them or 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 give them the attention that maybe they're not due. And, Certainly, and so that's another part of our of our nature. So what what's that about? So there's the piece of like, look at me, look at me. But then there's the part of, okay, well I'm you know I have to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. It does. Uh, but again, in terms of where we may be developmentally, it uh, we can uh, understand that if you have a lot of colorful balloons, and you're doing something cartoonish that you're going to get the attention of the children right away. Because given where they are developmentally, right, that sort of thing is going to grab their attention. Got it? I It would grab my attention in terms of helping a child to be entertained. Yeah. But in terms of it being the draw, for me, no, it's the child's education, development, that's my draw, right? Not the balloons and the um, the colors and so forth. So we have to think, where are we developmentally? So if we find that we have lots of people paying lots of attention to um, uh, entertainment, right, to information um, that is developmentally not very mature, it says a lot about where we are uh, collectively. And I say that with sympathy. That, uh, And it's important to be sympathetic because human history itself has to be considered in the aggregate. So we'd have to think, we aren't as ancient as a species as we think we are. We're very bright, and we've hurried along in terms of technology and our impact on the environment, which isn't very good. But we are relatively young, and at this particular point, we're having a crisis where our mature potentials are running into conflict with our immature right habits, customs, traditions. So we have loads and loads of people who are habituated, because that's one of our potentials we were talking about, habituated to the constant sources of very immature influences, right, that are easily available, right, um, and and, uh, unfortunately, right, in all kinds of varieties. So we have a culture then that in many ways, right, is exacerbating the problems we have with exceeding particular levels of our development. So if people can make money off of drawing your uh, attention predicated on where you are developmentally to particular things, you're going to have lots of people making money, right, off of drawing people's attention, right, to uh, whatever it is they have for sale, right, or whatever they use, right, as the draw for selling something else. So there's a tendency then, if I've not evolved beyond being self-involved, self-aggrandizement, if I've not grown up to be concerned about the quality of influence that I present to the public, then I might 
have um, a stage set up whereby I have a damaging influence on the public, but consider myself to be a, sec- uh, a success only because there are large numbers of the people paying attention to me. Do you understand? Yeah, absolutely. So that type of complication then is natural for us to have to get over. The um, quality, again, goes back. Uh, nature has managed the potentials for disorder quite well. Absolutely, eternally successful. Creativity has not been defied by the tendency to have disorder in the universe. So that's my background. That's our background. We inherit that potential. But for us, we're the only creatures that have to deliberately pay attention to ourselves to evolve. We are, must be deliberate, right? Conscious evolvers, or otherwise we'll get stuck. So if the mainstay in culture, right, moves toward devolving tendencies, restricting the evolution of character development, we have a crisis going on. So we're just, you know, if people listened to the last podcast that came out, we talked about how culture is the second womb. Yes. Right. We did discuss that. So we're that just to point out that this is touching upon that again, because if our culture is stuck in immature uh, influences and habits, that's going to impact how we are evolving or devolving Mm -hmm. as a species, right? True. Now, this is a, this question popped into my head as you were talking about this, you know, where we're at at this point, Mm -hmm. we're relatively immature. Does that, is that uh, in terms of the human species from when we first sort of hit the earth and mm-hmm. uh, started walking on the earth, is the maturity or immaturity of the species, is that based solely on amount of time and age of the of civilization? Or is it based on, does that kind of ebb and flow with where the culture is at? So could we have been, for instance, more evolved, a hundred years ago than we are today, or is it, is it, uh, you know, is it a growth factor? Mm-hmm. Now, remember the last um, conversation we'd had last week, I think it was, and I had mentioned that um, there's an unevenness, right, that's involved in, in how we evolve. You'll never have an evenness, right? So uneven. So have there been people, right, looking back that have exceeded the average in terms of their maturity? Unbelievably so, of course. Are there people nowadays that exceed the average in terms of the maturity? Absolutely so. In aggregate, though, we'd have to say, because we inherit, right? We are learners, right? And if we're not learning well, we're learning poorly. We're always being influenced by the quality of what it is that we're learning. There is no uh, escape of it escape from it. It's good quality, poor quality, one or the other, right? Our tendency, right? Tending in that direction, good or poor, right? Quality. If we look at other species around us in terms of time, you look at the training that's necessary for an elephant herd, right? To have all the knowledge necessary to survive the conditions that they have to confront with regard to um, survival. That would be true with regard to every other species. There's some training that goes on in order for the younger, new um, uh, um, uh, participant, right, 
and the activity of that particular species. They have to learn something. If they don't have to learn it, then by instinct, they're born with it. And so there is a learning that's inborn with them so that they can play the part they need to play instinctually. Right? Do you understand? As social animals, we are heavily dependent upon learning from right, uh, the uh, people who precede us. By the environment that precedes us, we're heavily dependent on that, heavily influenced by it. So if the focus of our attention has not been on our vulnerabilities, right, for uh, not maturing as well as we should, or our susceptibility and the necessity of maturing as well as we need to, if that hasn't been our focus, then by habit, it become, we become injured by means of what we neglect to do. So at this point, right, uh, with this podcast, for example, and other situations where people are trying to do, are attempting to do the exact same thing, what we hope to do is to offer a educational influence that's predicated upon uh, the fact that it is in concert with right nature's creativity, how you have maturing as an influence being the focus, not a um, accidental thing, but the actual central focus, right, is a mature conversation. Yeah, I mean... There's not a lot of those these days. <laughs> and I hope to God I'm doing that. Like, I really check. I really try to check my receipts. You know what I mean? I try to check what I'm doing. I try to be that's, conscientious of what I put out mature, there. That's Marie. That in and of itself. It's less the outcome. The outcome will, will, will come about for certain. It's the process. If you yeah. are paying attention, right, that unbelievably, right, influences the quality of what you do. Yeah, because because it's it's just so easy, you know, it's so easy nowadays for anybody to have a platform. And, you know, I was thinking uh, about who, in my opinion, has done it really well. And I think of Oprah. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to say her name because she's one of my sheroes. <laughs> and I like her. Uh, but she's done it very well for many many years. I can't, I mean, I'm sure somebody could probably dig it up and point, point it out, but I can't come up with a time when she was anything but gracious or uh, relatable or, you know, she's, and she's been doing this since with the eighties, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and so th there are people that do it very, very well. And I'm sure there's a lot more too. She just comes to my mind. Um, but, yes. but it feels like, we're seeing less of that. And as you said, you know, it's where we're at mm -hmm. in the culture right now. But I feel like we're seeing less of that quality and more just noise. Now, um, so. Oh, sorry, Marie. I, I, I didn't mean to overspeak you. Pardon. No, that I was done. Oh, you, were you done? I was okay. done making noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Done. Here's one thing I, 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 I think we should keep in mind. In terms of, um, we have a uh, focus nowadays on platforms, right? The um, technical wherewithal, right, to make ourselves, right, more expansive than we are, right? Otherwise, we can reach further by means of technology. And that becomes what we see as a stage for influence. So, got it? Mm -hmm. There's a mistake, right, that's involved there. The stage for influence is everywhere at all times. 
So even if you aren't on the technical stage, you are on a stage as far as life is concerned, how life actually works. So the quality of how you manage yourself in private circumstances counts huge. Perhaps even one could say, I would say, counts more than being on a public stage. Because when you feel yourself to be bereft of power, many people then will act powerless pertinent to that. That causes an avalanche of powerless people because most people aren't on the stages or relatively speaking, the stage that they want to be on in terms of the technology, the reaching the large numbers of people. And we feel ourselves to be powerless. We injure ourselves by having a wrong conception of how creativity actually is orchestrated. So if you are mindful that if I only have one person to be near, or just myself. I want to be the best company for myself alone that I can be. If I'm with just one person and I have principles that I'm um, revealing, and remember, principles are to be thought of, which are, it's important, as spiritual agents. They don't have physical form, but they influence what is the outcome in all physical manners. So consequently, If I'm orchestrating creative principles in private circumstances, I am a powerful influencer. I am not powerless. I am powerful. So the stage where we really should want to be is authenticity. Get on the authenticity stage because otherwise you can feel weak as compared to the technological stages. The technological stages, right, having eclipsed many people's uh, idea of the power of private circumstances being where you really need to be powerful, is part of our growing up. We need to learn, no, not there. With children, though, we can cultivate them to develop habits of being oriented to superficial. One of the problems with human beings, we have to pick, right, what's profound as opposed to what's superficial. If a very well-developed person appears to be having superficial fun, so to speak, lightheartedness, it's not superficial then. It is absolutely profound, right? They are composed as they are playful. If you have someone who does not have composure, right, and playing around, if you would, it is not profound, right? It is superficial. It's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, so much, so much was buzzing around in my head as we were, as you, as we were, as I was listening and you were saying that. And I, <laughs> first of all, I have to just want to bring up the word authentic for a minute because mm-hmm. authentic. So authentic, I'm just going to say for a minute, sincere, mm-hmm. because right now authenticity being authentic is like a big buzzword, like be empowered, be authentic. You know, it's just okay. become a word that has mm-hmm. just become so huge that, you know, some authentic means like, I'm going to get smashed and jump around on camera and (laughs) Mm -hmm, I'm just mm -hmm. being authentic. Or it's kind of that line of, I mean, I'm, you know, I could probably authentically do that, but I'm Mm -hmm. not going to, but there, you know, there's that line sometimes of that fine line between saying you're being something and taking it way over the line. Like, I'm just really honest. But it's like, no, actually, you're not being honest or direct. You're being a 
butthead and you're being mean, you know? So there's like mm-hmm. that line. So I just mm-hmm. want to kind of go back on that being mm-hmm. authentic. I would like to have you define authenticity just mm-hmm. so people are clear what we're talking about when you yeah. say authentic. The, yeah, uh-huh. the, the orientation um, um, is established right before us. We are in the universe and in the universe, authentically, right, the reality, the nature of the universe uh, is that it has a relationship between opposites. Yin, yang, chaos, cosmos, up, down, left, right, healthy, unhealthy. So what is the truth authentically is that all of our potentials will tend to go in one direction, creative, or the other direction by tendency, destructive. So, if I am authentically mature, I stay aware of that. That I'm constantly guiding, creative, hoping for moving that direction as opposed to destructive. If my authenticity as mature is um, going to grow, I have to then give some qualities to that creativity. So, my creative tendency, I identify with being compassionate. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. I identify that with being creative, with being mature. Other than that, I identify with the tendency to be destructive, less than mature. So authenticity, right, would mean that I am mindful of the fact that I am helpless but to generate one or the other of these influences, creativity or destruction. And I want the creative tendencies to predominate And I'm responsible for learning how to associate creativity with things that promote us collectively, values that promote us collectively, peace, respect for one another, right? Identity with one another. And then on the other side, I identify destructive tendencies, the lack of respect for one another, right? The tendency to be a warmonger, if you would someone who is celebrated because I have an attitude that's uh, disrespectful of another group. So I'm just going to recap a little bit because we've talked about a lot. So as we're winding up, I just want to just recap a little bit about what we said as I understood it with my Marie's Monarch notes. And please feel free to jump in. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, If I'm getting chaotic. You go, Um, girl. (laughs) You just go. in a nutshell, (laughs) <laughs> in a big old coconut shell. Um, so although the world is our stage now in terms of technology and platforms and influencing and being able to reach huge multitudes of people in ways that we never were, uh-huh. the stage that we need to really consider how we're influencing is the one that's closest to us and, and even how we are when we're alone with ourselves and, and the, the people around us as, as we move through the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yes. and with that being said, authenticity, um, as you just described, it, is something that's important to be considering when you are a, are allowing yourself to be influenced by an influencer or if you are yourself somebody that is influencing. And that authenticity doesn't just mean you say whatever you want or without regard. It's really about 
the mature tendency of creativity versus the immature tendency for chaos. Did I get that right? Was that contemplative? Did I get just fine? (laughs) Did I break that? You picking up what I'm laying down? Did I sure did? (laughs) Did You sure did. Did I break that down? Okay, you sure did. Fill in my blanks there, please. Fill in my holes. (laughs) No, no, no no need to. What I'm going to do is to put in other words, right? Okay, another way of looking at it, and that is that we are by nature thinking creatures. So, to be thoughtful about thinking, right? Philosophy, right? We must always be aware that that antithetical, that movement toward creativity, that movement toward destruction never leaves us with regard to any thought or feeling we may have, and that ever at all. So consequently, we also must be mindful of the fact, as we are thinking, that most of what goes on to support our lives is unconscious. You aren't directing the traffic with your blood flow, right? You're not, right? We aren't directing all the billions of operations that are going on in our bodies to keep us alive. We are not. It's happening on an unconscious level. The same thing happens in terms of our learning. We are largely unconscious or risk being unconscious of what influences are behind what it is that we're deciding to think or do at this particular moment. So to wake up to it and then categorize them. I categorize what I am doing in terms of, does it help other people as much as I would want myself to be helped? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If it's not that, then I can say it's destructive. If in fact it moves toward self-centeredness, because I live in a world where the tendency to be destructive or creative is unavoidable. So therefore, if I've categorized destructive to mean I'm self-involved, I'm oppositional, my group opposed to your group, I lack compassion, right? Then I'm being destructive. So education about the nature of consciousness, right, is what we're here to do. The more we're awake to that, the more the world, and this is, I really do mean this, right? the more the world moves in the direction that will one day have a sustainable society. So then we need to wake up, Mm -hmm. put a rubber band around our heads, snap out of it, Mm -hmm. and be conscious. Very much so. And be mindful of the, uh, yes, and being conscious, right? That's the same, um, same value in terms of that term of the fact that we are desperately in need of effective intimacy. So as a substitute for that effective intimacy, we have people, friends, right? You got a thousand friends, right? On this particular platform or that platform. And it becomes a substitute for what I wouldn't need a thousand friends. I need one good one, right? Um, So if I have quality in terms of my friendship, That's important. But we injure ourselves for seeking quality, being available to maintain quality when we become habituated to the technological ways of having um, friendships that don't have the depth that are necessary for uh, really nourishing our development. I don't blame the kids. I just know the predicament that the kids are in. I don't blame the history of humanity. I know the predicament that we're in. 
I would blame myself because since I pay attention to these things, right, I have to become the person that I blame, right, for not improving myself so as to improve the world. I'm the one that I have to pay attention to and judge. Uh, that's up to every individual to learn how to judge yourself as a creative person and assisting the world to grow or someone who needs to wake up a bit, right, to do a better job. So, Wolf, before we sign off, we've I think we've given people a lot to think about. And uh, what are your parting words for this Wednesday with Wolf? Bless your heart, Marie. When my daughter uh, was a little girl, um, I uh, told her um, I would try to teach her this little ditty I made up for her. And I said, it began with, there's not a person, place, or thing that does not need attentioning. There's not a person, place, or thing that does not need attentioning. So to live life to the best, to pay attention is my purpose. To pay attention is my quest. Mm-hmm. 